Hey investors, I hope you had a great week and welcome back to Econ Recaps. If you're new to the channel, we make daily no-fluff recaps keeping you up to date on the market. If that sounds way easier than reading countless articles, hit the subscribe below so you don't miss out. Now, let's get into the recap. The S&P 500 closed the day up 33 hundredths of a percent to a price of $4,151.32. The best sector of the day was real estate, up 2.24% and just barely reversing the losses suffered on Friday. All 30 of the constituents in the real estate select ETF closed the day up, most of which over 2%. The biggest winner was Digital Realty Trust, up 7.1% amidst buying from institutional investors. Wells Fargo closed the day up 4.19% after announcing solid earnings on Friday. This, coupled with strong earnings from their competitors, continue to ease woes in the banking sector. The worst performer of the day was State Street, which fell 9.24% after reporting a much worse than expected quarter. More on that later in the video. Shares of Google's parent company Alphabet also slipped today, down 2.78%, on news that Samsung phones would now come with Microsoft's Bing as the default browser. Lastly, drug maker Moderna was down 8.36% after Sunday news that their skin cancer vaccine was less effective than expected. While results from the trial were still positive, there is a long path to commercialization and investors worry that their newfound COVID-related revenues will be gone long before they find a new income driver. Looking to other news, Taiwan announced that they will buy 400 American anti-ship missiles in preparation for a war against China. Coincidentally, Warren Buffett's latest 13F filing, which is a quarterly filing that shows which investments his firm is currently holding, has sold 86% of his $4.1 billion stake in the company. The NAHB Housing Market Index for April came in at 45, slightly above expectations. The NAHB Housing Market Index for April came in at 45, slightly above expectations. For those that don't know, the index tracks home builders' beliefs about the current and projected sales of, of single-family homes. A reading below 50 means that home builders believe outlooks are poor. For tomorrow, we will get the preliminary number for the building permits approved domestically. This is an important leading indicator as it can be used to gauge expected economic activity. We will also get the housing starts to measure new residential construction and the red book reading to track retail sales growth. Moving to earnings, today we will start with State Street, which reported a much worse than expected quarter. Revenue came in at $3.1 billion, $30 million short of analyst expectations. Earnings per share would miss by a slightly wider margin, with the company reporting $1.52 per share, well below $1.64 expectations. Even worse, their Q2 outlook was disappointing. As mentioned earlier, the company's stock fell 9.24% on the news. The beleaguered brokerage Charles Schwab, which was impacted heavily by the SVB fallout, also reported earnings today. Revenue came in at $5.16 billion, slightly under expectation. However, the more important earnings per share was $0.93, cents, slightly better than expectations of $0.90. Cents. Shares for the institution are trading almost 4% higher at the close. Tune in tomorrow where we get earnings from big names like Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Johnson & Johnson, United Airlines, Lockheed Martin, and Netflix.
Our top story of the day is the $31.4 trillion of debt the United States is currently holding and our national debt ceiling altogether. This is the amount of money that the federal government owes creditors such as countries, banks, and investors. The debt ceiling is the legal limit on how much debt the government can accumulate. If the debt ceiling is not raised by Congress, the government may default on its obligations, which could have serious consequences for the economy and global markets. So unless you want your dollar bill to turn into toilet paper, I suggest we raise the debt ceiling. However, this does not mean that there aren't serious risks that come with doing that. For instance, anyone who has applied for a loan might be familiar with the debt service coverage ratio. This is a metric to see how well an individual can cover their debt payments after they have paid living expenses. If the debt service ratio looks too high, many investors or lenders will typically stay away from the individual or company. The reason banks look at this ratio is because it will give an accurate picture for how much the bank can comfortably lend on. Now the US has a 5.2 debt service coverage ratio, showing that we can cover our 384 billion in annual debt payments 5.2 times over with our tax revenue. Since the banking standard is typically 1.2 times, the US seems to have a great handle on its debt. Though it should be cautious, as debt continues to climb at a rapid rate, this ratio will sink further and further to one. Thank you for listening to Econ Recaps and tune in tomorrow where we will go over the performance of the S&P 500, economic news, and a new top story. A quick reminder, if you enjoy the content, make sure to watch yesterday's video to get our weekly outlook. Cheers.